Welcome to the first edition for 2021 of Life of Brian Mannix, that is starring the one and only Brian Mannix. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Kev. Hello, Kev, and hello to you listening. Um, What a great show. 2021 starting off really, really well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because you missed a fight up. What's going on? Wow. Our guests today are just absolutely fantastic. Yep. We've got John Lydon, also known as Johnny Rotten, on the show. Yep. And we've got Mussolini on the show, which is great. Brian. Brian. What? Brian. Miss Helena. Two words. Miss Helena. Miss Helena. I thought it was Mussolini. No, Miss Helena. Oh, any wonder she cracked the shits when I started asking her about her fascist regime and her friendship with Hitler. Uh, That was a bit of a mistake. We've dug up some guests for this show so far, but no, we haven't actually dug any up as as such uh, to this point in time. Yeah, no, really excited about both these two interviews. Uh, Well, we've got... (laughs) <laughs> we've got one with sex, drugs and rock and roll and we've got Johnny Rotten on as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Exactly right. Yes. Uh, I've been thinking about uh, the fact that it's almost like this is the real romper stomper, isn't it? Because we've got romper room and we've got the man who's who's trodden on more media heads in his time than I reckon any other person in, of, modern, of the modern era. I've got to say, I went into the interview with a little bit of trepidation, Kev. Um, so do I. I thought he might just turn around and call <laughs> us a bunch of, start swearing at us. But um, I was I was really surprised. What a nice guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a side of uh, John Lydon that you're going to hear in this interview that we've done with him. I don't think a lot of people know exists, um, and uh, and you should, because uh, it, it, it's really worthwhile getting to know him a little bit in this, because you just see those, those clips all the time of, uh, you know, the confrontation interviews and I and I wonder sometimes about the uh, the motivation of the people doing the interviews you and I wanted to have a chat with him because I think yeah. he's a fascinating bloke me too um, and I think I, and I'm not necessarily the biggest uh, sex pistols uh, pill fan in the world either to be honest but I reckon he's a fascinating bloke and and I take my hat off to anyone who's who's you know sold records and made records and write songs and uh, I think we both went into it with that in, in the back of our heads. Yeah, he's a very smart man, very intelligent, oh, yeah. I, I reckon, and yeah. um, he's also a hell of a lot funnier than I expected. Oh. He's really, really funny. Is he ever? Yeah. <laughs> God, blimey. Is he ever? I, I think I only asked him about two or three questions, spent the rest of the interview giggling. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is we uh, we did it on FaceTime, so we were, we were looking at him and, uh, you know, we weren't recording it uh, as, a, as a visual thing. It's a purely and simply, obviously, an audio presentation, but we could see him during And he was, he's a very, very uh, uh, sort of funny man in terms of the way he goes about doing things too. He's hysterical. He's very uh, animated. Yeah, he is. So I'm, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the interview. It's coming up in just a tick and of course after that we'll get into Miss Lena and also allows us the uh, the opportunity to play uh, the version of Pretty Vacant that you did with the androids. Well, okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. That will be good. That is, that, is a, that is a kick-ass song, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I, look, I probably like God Save the Queen better or Bodies. Okay. Um, better, but um, Pretty Vacant is a great song, yeah. no doubt. And, All um, right. As you say, we're going to get into Miss Alina. Is that what you said? 
I think you could have chosen your words a little bit more carefully. Oh, oh, thank you, Your Honour. Guil- probably guilty as okay. charged. <laughs> guilty as charged. Yes. It's fake uh, news, people. It's fake news. Well, we should have a minute's silence because the uh, the comedy uh, performers of the world are in mourning, aren't they? Because the 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 greatest uh, ticket and circus of, of all time has, has left the building and they've run out of material, all the comedians around the world. What the hell are they going to talk about now? Well, Sleepy Joe, there's not much to talk about there. He's not a very good president. He's corrupt. He should be drug tested. Uh, I think he's dear. on drugs. Oh, I love him. Dear, oh, dear. It's going to be an interesting uh, interesting time uh, watching that uh, from afar. I'm glad I'm watching it from afar. Well, I, I like the, uh, the, the rhetoric of Joe Biden. We must unite the country. We must all come together. Well, that's all good in theory, but yeah. how are you going to actually do that, Joe? Yeah. Well, that's the, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? And, and the old careful what you wish for. So we'll see what pans out. I'm 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 I'm, I'm neither here nor there on on that. But I just I, I worry about how it affects this country. Fair enough. Okay. Now, speaking of being your own backyard, uh, yes. how's the driving going, Brian, now that you're back on the road? We're all back on the road. We're doing trips again. We're we're outside, mm. you know, the COVID 25K, 50K limits and we're driving around. How are you finding it? Well, I'm going okay. I'm not driving much. Oh, I don't oh, like driving. Oh, 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 but I have noticed that the other people on the road oh, yes. are way out of practice. They're making right-hand turns from the oh. left lane. They don't know how to merge anymore. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, up each other's ass with the with the cars. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yes, um, we know. I think it, look, I'm going quite well, but everybody else on the road. Needs a needs a fresher a refresher course. Oh, right, and that's this is directed at those people, not at you, Brian, because you're, no. oh, you're clearly someone with impeccable uh, and impenetrable driving skills. But for those people who aren't exactly perfect, this is for you. It's yes. our very good friends at Mercots. Mercots. Edu. Au. One three hundred triple five five seven six. It's it's the place where you put yourself at most risk in your life at any time is behind the wheel of the car, and uh, you need to be better at it. We all need to be better at it, even you, Brian. Um, so yeah. please give them a give them a call one three hundred triple five five seven six and uh, take advantage of uh, some great offers they've got on at the moment. But uh, just more than anything else, just get yourself safe behind the wheel of of your vehicle uh, for my sake, for Brian's sake, and uh, and most importantly. Be your own sake, one three hundred triple five five seven six. All right, you ready? Okay. Okay, let's do it. Let's uh, let's uh, unleash to the world Brian Mannix, Kevin Hillier and John Lydon. Hello? Hello, John. G'day, John. Ah, can you see me? Yeah, we, yes, we can. Dan, they told me you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking yeah. good. Well, I suppose that must be the orange lighting. There's light bulbs here. That they're called bug lights, right? Where you can see the bugs, but they can't see you. They <laughs> do wonders for your face, the texture. <laughs> <laughs> nice complexion. A shade of orange. Oh, my God, it's the Trumpism. <laughs> <laughs> it's Donald Trump, great, great best president of America ever. <laughs> How um how how are you how are you feeling about being in America and being an American citizen right now? Well, it's, it is what it is, you know. I mean, uh, I watched the Republicans give four years of hatred to uh, Obama, and then I watched the Democrats give four years of absolute, even worse hatred to Trump. 
So for me, it's politics as usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, with me trying to be the voice of reason and common sense in the middle of it all. Got the- <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the book out, and it's it's fantastic. I've, I haven't read all of it yet, but what I've seen is great. Can you tell us about the writing process, John? Yeah, remember what happened and tell it <laughs> truthfully. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically as simple as that. Although I can't write very fast, I'll tell you. I, I've never learned to type, so I have to get some poor sod on the other end of the phone to like you know, freehand it down for me. (laughs) 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 And and to work that way. I've done it that way now on several books. I'm far better at uh, uh, fast, free-flowing thoughts than I am in calculating a sentence because by the time you've finished uh, with the calculation, it doesn't bear any resemblance to the truth and and really reads just like uh, embroidery. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the truth is something that a lot of people aren't uh, aren't comfortable with. You're obviously very comfortable with it. Well, I have to be, don't I? I've got no option. Well, you, well, you could bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I'd be famous and popular like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> don't see that as winning. No, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing musically at the moment? Uh Bugger all, really. I'm just waiting to be able to get over this illness, fake flu, China, Wong Kong, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is. (laughs) Corona. (laughs) 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 And once I recovered from that, well, then who knows? I mean, the book, uh, you know, the promise was, and it will be kept, that I go out on tour uh, with it. And uh, and all, all those venues sold out almost immediately. Uh, I love doing them book tours. I tell you, it's uh, it's like going to a, a new pub and meeting completely incredible people. You have great chats, and there's a repartee between audience and stage, and you know, and being the centre of attention, that appeals. <laughs> <laughs> and is the book tour coming to Australia, John? It should do. Yeah. My God, if I have my way, it will, you know, around the world in 80 days, <laughs> you know, you know, a lousy film, but something that, you know, deserves a modern update adaptation. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, tell me about the squirrel theme that goes through the uh, through the book. Um, they live in your house? Oh, they do now, buggers. <laughs> They've started to, like, make little nests with all the peanuts I give them. Uh, but for a while, they got angry with peanuts. Uh, uh, I suppose they got bored because the, the shop had run out. So I started to leave down cashew nuts. And um, wouldn't you know, these five-star Hollywood squirrels, that's all they wanted. And they come up and you know, they lean on me going, <laughs> It's funny how you can make friends with animals. Like, so long as you don't try to pet them, They'll introduce that concept to you, you know. Yeah. That's how I've always found it. All you've got to do, really, is uh, be sedentary for a, a few hours a day. I tell you, it's better than what's on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you have an affinity with animals, don't you? I mean, you've you've done some you've done some wildlife special type things. You've swum with sharks and all those sorts of things. 
Yeah, they, they gorillas. I did a thing on, on gorillas in in, uh, in Africa. You meant many different things, and I, and uh, I learned that animals seem to really like me. I, I, I never ever thought that was possible, or, or paid any interest in, in it. You know, I, I could be psychic too, but I'm really bored with all those ghost programs. <laughs> 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 you know, where do you go with it? I'm, I'm not going to like, you know try and be the new David Attenborough because uh, I don't think anyone should replace that gentleman. Well, up until he told the fib about uh, something going on in the Arctic or the Antarctic, I can't remember the story, but, you know, you don't need to face the storyline with wild animals. Just see the camera run. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the incident now, but I know, I know it poisoned my mind on him. Uh. And so that, you know, from, from a bit of a hero worship site to, uh, oh, you bastard, you told the lie. <laughs> you, <fuck off. laughs> hey, John, uh, you've got a manager now called Rambo, who you, he is a great manager, and I just wonder what your feeling overall is on managers. Oh, just about most of them are, are, are sorry excuse. Uh, they all assume the role, the position, and think they know everything about building careers and whatever. But they don't seem to focus too much on what is actually the truth. And and for me, that's like whenever I've come up against previous managers, it's not their fault either. Some sort of damn excellent. It's it just uh, they see my moves as being bad for my career. Let's put it that way. Okay, fair <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'd rather live with the truth. I, I want to be able to wake up every morning with a hangover and go, Wow, well, well, at least I said it like it is. <laughs> rather than try to remember a load of nonsense, you know, some old bit of fanny that came out of me, but, you know, the Irish storytelling side, I hide the tale. And, and a bloke like Rambo, I mean, he just can't lie. So it's like, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Bloody great friend. We've known each other since God knows when. Way back. Yeah, yeah. Are you, should be. are you writing songs at the moment? Is this a productive time for you in the song? Yeah, life? I'm writing. I'm writing all the time. It went in between, like twenty four seven, like uh, super carer. So it's very difficult. We can't get any help in. I don't really want any help in. I'd rather help my wife uh, uh, properly myself, and and she she has great trust, and uh, we have a, a very long term relationship and friendship. And whatever makes her feel safer for now is the way it will be. Um, when I go out touring at the end of this, this year, well, August sometime, um, I think by then nurses will be essential. Okay. It will be, be a definite because the, the, um, the mental incapacity is, is becoming overwhelming. Yeah. You know, it, it, it uh, takes on leaps and bounds very quickly. And it, it quite upsets me, but she still remembers me. And that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the toilet side. I mean, I've just bought a Japanese toilet. You know, oh, Addy wipes a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but it fright it frightens her. You know, so it, it's like uh, back to stage one. And sad thing to see a brain slowly being eaten alive. Again, the memory loss issues with her. I mean, these are all things I went through at meningitis. So yeah. I have a great sense of empathy for that. And so I can, I can relate to, I can see the fear in her eyes. And I know when I was seven and eight, I had that exact same feeling. 
that, that panic and uh, it's just nice that we're together and go through it together. Yeah. You know? Wonderful stuff, really. It's, it, this is what life throws at you, curveballs all the time. Sink or swim. Exactly. Yeah. Haven't I depressed you yet? No. I'm working so hard there. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, your book's fairly philosophical, I found, and um, I really like some of you. Um, some of you. Insights. Wow, a word I could barely pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm struggling with it as well. But I loved this one. Still. If you didn't do it first, then don't do it. I thought that was great. Well, that's kind of, if that be philosophy, it's just it's guidelines and principles. I, I don't need to be copying anybody. Yeah. Uh, and I think all the endurance course that I've called my life is, uh, is good enough for me. I really don't want to be sounding, doing, playing, thinking, or imitating any other human being. I admire all their works, but I also admire the concept of what this head can come up with all on its own. Yeah. yeah. You absolutely. know, and, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing really, and specifically with Pill, is, is to get, get that, that attitude across to people that, yes, you too can do this in a completely original way, all, all of, on your own. Individuality is nothing to be fearful of. Yeah. And, you know, hello, all of us got bullied at school, and thank God too, it's made me the better person. <laughs> you know, I can spot a bull. A mile away now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cycle of life. It's a, again, it's looking at nature. I watch me lovely squirrels playing away at ever. Man, they'll tear each other to pieces over one peanut. <laughs> <laughs> they get the chance, you know. Just, don't, don't try to introduce pacifism to, to, to a hungry squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not going to work. Some of us are just plain greedy and selfish and and others of us are not. But don't try to make us all the same. The thing that makes the human race so wonderful to me is experiences. Yeah. yeah. And not for one big mass shopping mall of, oh, socialist clothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and another, one of the weird things about this election, really, I mean, oh, so you don't like Donald. But, you know, let's ignore what he did for the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the income of the country and the businesses and everything prospered until along came a naughty little flu. Let's ignore all that because he's rude. You know, <laughs> oh, he's a bad man. Look at the way he talks about people. Well, God's sake, he's a human being. That's all I want in that office. <laughs> yeah. And at the moment, you know, and being somewhat of an expert on Alzheimer's and dementia, <laughs> you know, living with someone going through it, I think I'm qualified to say, you crazy fools, look at you voted for. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one right here. <laughs> you go and put one in that house. He'll go out that door just like the missus and you won't find him for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that they have 50 girls to make find Miss America, but to get the president they just get two blokes 75 plus. Well, I suppose it's uh, based on uh, the longer you live, the more you're experienced. Uh, okay. I think I'd try to prefer that than, than say, a, a sarcastic socialist 21-year-old. <laughs> 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 
and then she knows it all because Mumsy sent it to the right school where, where he's learned to be a gender bender of the highest quality. <laughs> Get out of it, you know, you soon learn. <laughs> but don't learn on my watch. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, uh, can I ask you what your memories of the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here series that you did here in Australia are? Huh? Yeah, one of our best was uh, uh, squabbling with ostriches. <laughs> yeah. God, I mean, they could be bloody damn ferocious. And I studied up with them when I got back to home after that, that show. Ha, 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 You know, I think they sent me in there to receive a, a right good kicking. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> It, 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 you, if you watch that, that part where, where I'm uh, with the ostriches, I did a very, very clever thing, and I rub their sweet little furry bottoms with my hands, <laughs> and they seem to like that. It calmed them down somewhat, you know, in a, even the male ones, because farming <laughs> And the other thing was a fantastic lizard, right? And I, I got sitting in, in the camp listening to that lot moaning about no chocolate cake and oh why can't we have hot showers <laughs> so I went on walkies and, and I just came across this fantastic lizard you've got a special name for them there they're very long they're very plump go in it uh, they're, they're very ferocious too and uh, it, this one had black and white stripes exactly it, it's almost like you know a lizard version of the zebra <laughs> uh, it was wonderful. It was early in the morning, and he was obviously like sunning himself to stir up the energy. But he didn't seem to mind me being there at all. Okay, mm. and, and I liked I liked moments like that, so like killing the rats when they came in the camp. Because <laughs> and uh, my dad was a crane driver, and what a great job I had was a uh, with a machete. The rats would jump, and they tried to like get in the crane. <laughs> you know, the cab was unprotected, so my job would be aha. Actually, too, my hair. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and so I learned how to kill rats and not have a second thought about it. I've used them the same as I do mosquitoes. You're not coming near me. <laughs> that is not, I don't, I don't remember seeing that on your CV. I saw that you worked in a, as a mini cab operator and you worked as a, uh, in, yes. a in a play oh, no, centre. So I've done many jobs. I've always liked uh, the money, you see, but. So the job you do, the harder the job, the more money you get. And so I've all there's a great assortment of different jobs over my career. Of course, the, the best one was a uh, child finding was joining the sex pistols. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very nice. <laughs> naughty, naughty little boys. <laughs> Where did all the fashion from the Sex Pistols come? Was that Malcolm or was that just such stuff you guys did? Oh, no, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm and Vivian had a shop with some really interesting clothing in it, but way outside of my price bracket. You know, if I was going to spend on anything, it would be on records and things like that and books. Right. Things I like. Not silliness, you know. Later on, when they offered me discounts, I'd wear things like a, a rubber T-shirt, which almost killed me. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't sweat, and almost had to be rushed off to hospital. Oh, but there right. you go; those are the perks of the trade. But no, <laughs> all the gear and I get my clothing sense and style. I brought all that in. Yeah. It's all me, you know. And and wanting a. A bondage uh, outfit was uh, from a photo shoot we did with a 
cameraman called Stevenson. He brought a straight jacket, and I just, I liked the feel of that. And I thought, could I have a suit like made like that, Vivian? He <laughs> 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 certainly, what material would you like it? Tartan, of course. <laughs> a tartan straight jacket, great. <laughs> and so a legend was. <laughs> when you when you hear the songs and think about the songs from the Sex Pistols days, is that a, is that a fond memory for you? Is it something that you you, you get you know great deal of satisfaction? Of course out of? it is. Of course it is. Of course they were very horrible and difficult times, but there, there was a sense of camaraderie there when we put the songs together because none of us really quite knew what we were doing. None of us had any real hope for this ever catching on and making us popular. In fact, it did the opposite, didn't it? It caught on, but made us infamous. <laughs> I mean, who could plan that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a shame that, I, it's such a shame that it's such good times like to be ruined by a, we'll say outside intrigue, because I've just said this last week, heard a horrible rumour uh, crept out on all the, the media outlets that, uh, that Danny Boyle and, and some cohorts, uh, you know, connected with uh, Mr. Jones, the guitarist of the Pistols, that are putting out uh, a pseudo documentary. Uh, don't you think they could have asked me about representing me? Yeah. <laughs> no mention at all, you know? I fought a court case for these lads so they could get equal pay and equal rights. And wow, you know, thanks. Wow. Thanks for considering me, Not. I'm quite disgusted. And I'm, I'm very disgusted in Mr. Boyle because he has a reputation of being a, a good whatever it is he is. You know, to just not, not consider me. And, and I've already appointed actors, scripts written, they're all raring to go. And you're doing all this and thinking that they can use all, all the music, all the lyrics I put together for right. them. And they can just walk off with that like I don't count. That's extremely hurtful and uh, and poisonous. And as, as as projects go, I would think that would be uh, one of the more low end things you could do to human beings. Because hello, as you can see, I'm very much not dead yet. So don't be messing with me. No, fair enough. You weren't in the rock and roll swindle much either, which was just Malcolm's film, I, I guess. No, you know we've gone out. I've gone out different ways, and then I had to endure that. Bloody nonsense. Uh, and, 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 and all of these things, these offshoots, these, uh, what are they, cottage industries? Because it, it really does look like they're going cottaging. They're, you know, they're rogering our careers <laughs> while they're very much alive. <laughs> it's dirty bottom business. It would have been so nice. I, I presume they've been at it, planning it for over a year, I think so, knowing how slow those processes can be. Not one phone call. Nothing. Nothing. How would you like that done to your life? I'd hate it. I reckon that's really wrong. Well, you know it can't be based on the truth if they're not involving you in your own life. That's exactly right. No, no, you've got every right to be pissed off about it because, and they're they're doing, they're not doing their job properly because if they're doing a documentary, then you've got to get all the information you can get. So to not ring you is just ridiculous. Yeah, Uh, I would think so. It's it's ruined my day. I think. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think the seven deadly sins are floating in the methodology there. <laughs> I uh, think so. <laughs> all, all focused around a, a good dose of 
jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> would you do? You, do you want to do a movie about your life? Have you thought about it, or is have you, are you obviously? I would yeah, admit. but if I, if I ever did, I would. The first thing I would consider is everybody else's opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and you have to involve them. How can you do it without? But on, on the same side, I mean, I've got a, a you know a, a public image documentary. Out, and guess what? It involves all the people yeah. that wanted to be in it. They were all asked. Everybody was offered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like the right way to go. Done it. My God, the world we live in. <laughs> you know, they keep dragging us back down to that dirty, sneaky stuff, don't they? They certainly do. Wow. Oh, boy. I know. It sounds like to me like, you know, we tiptoe through the lawyer. <laughs> 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 oh, beautiful. Oh, Hey, can I ask you about the? I, I was reading some stuff about you, and you talk about the Who and uh, listening, uh, seeing them at the Oval when you were a kid. Oh, fantastic, yeah, fantastic, yeah. The faces were were on on on, on that gig as well. Not the Who, Paul. Uh, band called Quintessence, which played two hours of the most annoying hippie flute stuff. I'll tell it, the porter potties were busy in that period. <laughs> it, but fantastic at the same time because uh, see, I, I related to going out to concerts and gigs at, at that time. I was like 15, and I think I probably younger. But I, I would go out to all the all-nighters in London and, and you'd see 15 bands and, and they'd all be extremely different. And I loved that variety. And I suppose that, you know, if there's any musical like, uh, background in me, it's, it's that no need to imitate. Listen to all the differences coming from this lot, you know. So I brought my own differences to the table. Yeah. Oh. And with that with that thought of what that, that gig with the, the Who at the Oval meant to you, you, do you feel that when you get on stage every time? I know you get very nervous before you go on stage. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do. I knew that the Who, for instance, were mods. Let's just deal with the clothes side of it, right? And, and out they come, and Roger Daltrey's like, you know, trying to do his best Robert Plant. <laughs> 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 um, oh, <laughs> and the mic swinging was terrific. <laughs> and then there's Townsend wearing, at the time, what was proper skinhead. Yeah. yeah, he had Levi Strauss like state press uh, on. Uh, he had a Dr. Martin boots, but oh, just most excellent, you know, the, the juxtaposition of events for the music. Wow, oh my god, and they did Barbara Riley's live, oh, and bargain and, and things like that. Really great stuff. Of course, that thrilled me, but I had no concept that I would ever get. Between me and the ten million people in front of me, ever onto a stage, <laughs> <laughs> and when I did, I was bloody terrified, and yeah. I realised what it is they all go through. And, and to this day, I have the utmost respect. I I don't care how bad you are; you're one of the bravest people on earth to put yourself in the executioner's block. 
in that way and and demand to be judged. That's the thing. <laughs> that's brave, right? That's facing your inner demons, I think, in, in, in the, the most hardcore way. Right? That or going out and people shooting at you. More <laughs> and sometimes that has happened to me too. <laughs> During the south of, of the US of A, for the first time, yeah, guns were involved. Would that have been in Texas by any chance? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> How scary was that? Oh, you know, we had a precursor to it uh, in Wales. Uh, it played a very small cinema that was uh, practically empty because all the, uh, the local parents had decided to keep their kids away from such a, a vile worship of the devil. <laughs> you know, the same, the same kind of posters while well, they're all singing onward Christian soldiers and, and throwing things at us and and generally being disturbingly violent and negative. And, and, but with these banners of when the world turns to rotten it's, it's some fundamentalist Christian quote, <laughs> okay. which I unfortunately seem to have landed happily in the middle of. <laughs> Justice for all. It just is, fellas. <laughs> So did they, someone actually fire at you or did you just see guns in the crowd? Yeah, yeah, there were gunshots going off in, in car parks Jesus. and stuff. And, and so what? I don't know. Gosh, I'm still here. I mean, it's not like <laughs> there's much to complain about, you know. They were either very poor shots, which I really seriously doubt from anyone in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> or it was a 10-man salute. <laughs> One has to consider all the possibilities. Yeah, absolutely, uh, I could be wrong. I could be right. Is that is that uh, is that the whole story, or is there more to come, or is what what where does that sit? Well, Jesus, I'll tell you when I'm dead, shall I? <laughs> hey, give me a ring. But I'm in mean, no rush. For that one, you know, I've got plenty more things to do, and I don't seem to be running out of steam. I've run ragged here with uh, oh, so many pressures and things to take care of, and but that's all right. I mean, you know, I've learned, I've learned cooking. Hey, hey. Ooh, okay. what's your signature dish? Uh, spaghetti. <laughs> all right, so if you are master chef, celebrity no, no, master no, chef. no, I tell you, no, no, watercress soup. Oh, I had to make that years ago, right? When there was nothing in the house but a chicken stock, cube, some cream, and watercress. One of the neighbours, when I was buying this in the store, Tesco's no less, said, "Oh no, if you're going to cook with watercress, you have to blanch it." Yeah, dip it in ice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then you put it in the hot water, right? <laughs> or something like that. I'm still learning. Just simple things. I learned to bake bread. I found that to be a nightmare prospect. But, you know, times are hard. And you, you learn that if you buy a bag of flour and a couple of eggs, you can come up with donuts and things. And, and that, I love my baby, Nora, she loves that. That homemade taste. Maybe I should wash my hands before I do this. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think you need to worry Later, about that. Sir. That's fine. Later. 
That, that hygiene <laughs> thing's overrated. Hey, you're what about- I always think, listen, it's true, in it? The dirt cooks out. I mean, that's what it does to the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to turn 65. Is that, a, is that a number that scares you, the number that delights you, a number that surprises you? Well, if I'm going to turn, I'd rather turn 65 than the other way. <laughs> no, of course not. When I, when I hit 21, I remember this because I cried. I really, really seriously thought that was it. At 21, my life was over. You know, hence is the foolishness that you're fed, that you've got to do everything quickly. No. Wait, your turn comes, your time comes. And the, the older you get, the more you learn and the better at it you become. It's, uh, no, 65 now. And I tend particularly living in California, is a fantastic thing because it's all action here. There's, there's no concept of sitting in the backside and doing nothing. As soon as the sun shines, everybody's banging on your door and going, hey, beach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you do. And you keep active because of it. So love it, love it. Don't know if we're doing all of this or any of it if I was still in a basement in London. Mm. In fact, I wouldn't have noticed the sun came out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Windows or not. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss do you miss the UK? I know you've got a you've got a place there, I think, haven't you? But did you get back at Yeah, well I miss I, I miss I miss the social life there, you know? But they but they they've closed down a lot of that stuff that yeah. when I was young. It's it's different now. And so life's what you make it, and wherever you are, that's where you call home. Fair enough. The old Captain B part line, my head is my only house until it rains. <laughs> <laughs> it's been sensational to, to catch up with you. The, the book is a, is a great reader. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. The documentary that you talked about, the Pill documentary, is, is on all the streaming services. And uh, I'd love to be in the audience yeah. of your Q&A for your book. I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we might film a few episodes of that too. Good, just YouTube is such fun for that. Yeah, good on you. But I, I do like the Q and As, and I'd really I, that's where I come into my element, really, because the pressure of performing and, and, and singing live is, is not there. Yeah, it becomes something quite specially different. It, it, it's that living on your wits kind of thing. It's yeah. just, I don't mind. I, I've always been a bit of a stand-up comedian, except when I do the book turns, I make sure I've got a comfortable chair. <laughs> I reckon there's... I'm like... no fool. Yeah. Mama Lydon didn't raise no fool. <laughs> Late Night with John Lydon sounds like a great TV show to me. I'm not sure there's a network, though, that would run it, unfortunately. There's your problem, yeah. Yeah, I'm seen as untouchable unless you get someone to fake my part. <laughs> and that seems to be what they all want. <laughs> you know, the fake version of me. You know, the shit your fellas, they're never going to grab the right rock. Not ever. You can't. Yeah. Squeaky clean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, thanks so much for your thanks, time. Thanks, John. Uh, good health, mate, and uh, and all the, all the best. What a like. good chat. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, it's always been. Good chat. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on the book. Chat. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, John. Yeah. You're a champion. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Peace, fellas. You too. If you don't like peace, you can peace off. Alrighty, there you go. John Lydon, Johnny Rotten. Uh, He's he's a funny fella. He's a good fella from, you know, I mean. Yeah. That that 30 minutes has made me think, got great empathy with him now. 
Yeah, um, it's just added to my respect for the man. I've, I've always liked his work um, and I love his attitude, but um, I just think there's a lot more to him than I've ever, I've ever c- considered before and uh, now I know a little bit more about the man and I feel even happier about him. Because uh, most interviews have lasted like 30 seconds or are all antagonistic and confrontational because that's the way the interviewers go into it doing and I think uh, that's one of the things I enjoyed about that is that he actually, we just let him have a chat. Yeah, and, you know, he doesn't mind a chat. And, look, if you want to find out anything more about John, visit his website, johnlyden.com. Get all the information on that uh, new book we talked about, I Could Be Wrong, I Could Be Right, and also all the details on his uh, big Q&A tour in the UK. And the documentary that we talked about there, The Public Image is Rotten, is now available on all major streaming services. You don't mind us sing, so you ready? Okay, here Remember I go. Remember the version you did with the androids on the album of uh, Pretty Vacant? Yep, I do. It's a, it's a very good song, a very good Sex Pistol song, so I thought this is the opportune moment to play, Gary. All right, here we go. Here we go.
pretty vacant. Oh, oh yeah. Hang on. I'm just, I'm just uh, having my ears repaired after that. That's a kick-ass song, isn't it? It's a beauty. All it's... right. Now, what are you up to? Uh, you've been gigging uh, with Tim Henwood from the Android. Yeah, you've been doing yeah. some uh, some acoustic guitar sets and playing at, uh, you know, the Barwon Heads Hotel and all those sorts no, of things. No, it was the Apollo Bay Hotel. Actually. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. The Apollo um, Bay Hotel. Is yeah. it good? You, I mean, yeah. Is it yeah, got I, the I, juices flowing? Yeah, I'm sort of... Uh, Getting back into it, it took me a little while. I'm used to doing nothing, but um, now I'm sort of starting to get the idea of, you know, what I do for a living again and remember what I do, so that's good. Have you The fact that you've got the guitar back in your hands, and I know the bass guitar as well. Oh, yeah. Um, are you, is that inspiring you to write or, you know? Um, well, I did write a song the other day, but um, ScoMo went and changed a word on me, so, oh. uh, so now it's a, it's a joint collaboration with me and ScoMo. Right, and you're working obviously very hard on your on your Joe Biden impersonation because you you were doing a very good Donald Trump. It took you four uh, years to get Donald Trump, yeah, and then I they know. gave him the Kyber. He sort of whines a bit, Joe. He's sort of like, "We must unite the people." No, he's a I'm bit nebulous, work. isn't he? He's not. He's, he's not. He's not got that sort of vocal trait that um, that the impressionists will pick up on very quickly. They'll work it out, but. Um yeah, he's look. I think he's been dead for a week, so it's a bit hard to oh, pick out his traits. Don't say that, Oh, look, how long he's a stump president? He's not going to be there for very long. They'll be there for a couple of months, and I go, ah, oh, look, he's going to have to retire. Hurt from the uh, well, you know, he's due to ill health. Macara's going to have to take over. Oh. I don't see him f- finishing the term. No, oh, okay. Oh well, we'll see what happens. See how it plays out. Uh, now we uh, we agonised over who we're going to have on uh, as the sort of second guest on this program, and then when uh, when it popped into our heads, there was it was a no brainer, absolute no brainer, no brainer. Uh, and it, of course, is uh, uh, we all grew up watching uh, those shows on television. You know, the iconic TV kids shows of the day were you know things like Play School. But the yeah. one that probably is is right up there with Play School, and is the one we all watched was Romper Room. Oh yeah, and what there was a, a there was a few uh, miss presenters uh, uh, over the way, but the one that always sticks in my head is the lady we're about to talk to and uh, a very, very talented lady and a, a very, very nice lady too, as you'll find out. But there's, there's a little bit a little bit of uh, raunch going on in the bit background here. A bit of raunching. Here. I yes. was shocked. We, this was a shock discovery. <laughs> yeah. oh, it blindsided us. <laughs> Some of the carryings on on that show, Kev, my yeah. God, our listeners are going to be shocked they're going to be. They'll need the smelling salts. That's what's going to happen when they when they hear this what? devastatingly brutal, <laughs> in depth interview. All right, here it is. This is the best lineup we've had since we had Alice Cooper and Jamie Redfern on Johnny Rotten and Miss Alina. Helena, <laughs> meet meet the lovely Brian Mannix. Hello, oh. Helena. Hello, Brian. You. Yeah, lovely, lovely to meet you too. I wish I'd met. Met you in the eighties. That's what oh. I wish. <laughs> what a hunk! <laughs> oh, goodness me! Goodness me! Thanks for doing this. Oh, goodness me! This is off to a this is off to a flying start. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, so well, now, I'm still romping. You know, I'm not dead yet. I'm still romping. I was going to ask. Rocking. So, Helena, what's your what's your knowledge of Brian? I'm a rocker from way back. Yeah, and uh, the eighties was my decade. I just loved the eighties. Yeah, the eighties were very good. They were good times. They certainly were, yeah. Well, yeah. they were they were peak times for you as as Miss Helena on Romper Room. What are you, well, I mean, what's the first thing that pops into your head when we mention that? Uh, I think perhaps the legacy that it's left me. I'm a I'm a celebrant, and I marry so many 
uh, kids, uh, I never called them kids, that were four and five at the time, but now I'm marrying them, which is just gorgeous. And they all remember and they all have uh, fond memories, which is good. I don't think I scared too many of them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, that's, that's what I think of. Yeah. And I had breast surgery, not enhancement, but um, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Um, uh, five years ago. And I've just got the all clear after five years. Great news. And my, uh, yeah, my surgeon was on Romperin with me. So, you know. Wow. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a bit um, interesting, isn't it? Certainly. <laughs> How did you come to get the job on Romperin? Well, everyone asks me that. Now, every presenter on Romper Room was a teacher. And I started out as a teacher. And uh, in fact, you'll be interested to know, Brian, I got a, a scholarship to the Conservatorium of Music uh, to do high school music in English uh, way back when. And I did it for a year and then we had prep teaching. And I loved the little ones so much that I changed over to infants primary. And then when Miss Patricia was leaving, uh, there, there was a, um, just a photo of her in the paper and they said the search was on for the irreplaceable Miss Patricia. So I boldly rang Channel 7 and uh, they put me on to Fremantle International, which it was, it was at the time. And they said, send in a resume. And uh, so I went in for an interview and had a couple of interviews and, and a couple of auditions. And there we go. That's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you have to wow. do the come with us and gallop as part of the audition process? Yes, I did. I had to work with the children on on camera. Oh, wow. yeah. So yes, I had to plan um, a show, and so I had to come with us and gallop and bouncing balls and which one is different and you know all those things. Mister Doobie, how do you do? Yeah. And uh, do be you know do be a clean person. Yep. Don't be a messy. You know that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Was that a full-time job on Romper Room or did you just go in one day a week or two no, days a week? No, no, it was two day, mostly two days a week and we did four shows on those, each of those two days. We'd be ahead about a month, I suppose, yeah. There were no retakes either. It was, it was done as if it was uh-huh. live to air, wasn't it? Yes, it certainly was. So I danced through many funny things on the floor and, uh, <laughs> you know, children being sick over in the corner oh, and no. whatever. Like, never stop, never stop. And uh, we heard, I heard this very loud noise, and uh, they were coming through the, the wall with a, what do you call those things? Um, you know, I don't know, you're a boy. Battery um, ram? Um. <laughs> a drill? Oh, you're right. Okay. Yes. And so, I, so, you know, I, I was allowed to stop, yeah, for that one. I read there's quite a few things happened, like kangaroos and, and a loose snake and even all a bomb scare. Yeah. All, yes, all of that. We had to uh, uh, run outside when there was a bomb scare. Yes, all of that happened. And uh, we'd have someone in from Taronga Zoo, and uh, that would be about every couple of weeks, and they would bring all sorts of uh, animals. You know, I'm terrified of snakes. I just I just uh, squeal at snakes. I'm with and, you. Uh, <laughs> One got loose, and so I was out of the studio that time. Yeah, <laughs> 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 almost, the show went on, and almost as frightening as some of the kids I would have imagined. No, they were fascinated, isn't it? You know, they're uh, quite funny, aren't they? They, uh, they they don't seem to have the fear that adults have. Yeah, but I grew up on a farm until I was age nine, 
and uh, out in the Midwest, if you like, at Kula, which is near Mudgee, yeah. born out there, there were brown snakes. Uh, after school, we'd have to get the cows in and stuff like that. And I remember that, I still remember that rustling of the grass with the snake close by. I'd had my Wellingtons on and I'd, uh, this was, I'm very, very careful of snakes. The crew, well, the crew used to do some interesting things oh, to, your, uh, to your beverages. Really, yes. <laughs> oh, you know about that, do you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I like Brian's song, um, you know, One for the Road. Well, right. <laughs> My father, after he, uh, he, he was a grazier, and then he went into country pubs. So I really am the daughter of a publican, but uh, didn't really drink anything much uh, until those naughty crew used to put a little tipple in my refreshments. Yes. So the gin, the gin went into the water, and the Kahlua went into the milk. Is what I'm uh, understanding was the uh, was the sort of soup of well, the day. You're well informed, aren't you? You're oh, very well informed. We try yeah. to be. Yeah, the old ma- magic mirror would have been foggy by about show four. I would imagine. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not really. It was just a, just a little tipple. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I want to ask. Uh, now, you were a speech and uh, etiquette teacher at June Daly Watkins School. Now, was that Indeed before? I was. was that before or after? No, that was after, and I managed um, in Delhi for, for a while. And, um, you know, at school I did speech and drama for eight years and, and music and all of that. I loved it, absolutely loved it. And I came across students there as well, uh, kids that had been on the show with me. Oh, okay. And uh, so I had a nice time, yeah. So I guess teaching has been the thread uh, of my life, and uh, now I'm involved in a, a mentoring group called Let's Get Going, and uh, you can look that up uh, on Facebook. And uh, so mentoring, and I am uh, the um, patron, and uh, we meet, uh, and they're mostly grown-up adults with difficulties. So I do that, and I'm a, I'm a celebrant, and uh, I have grandchildren and uh, all of that. But, uh, you know, the essence is I'm still romping, and I think having uh, been with young people, uh, I, that, that keeps me young. Helena, you did want room for nine years or so. They didn't ask you. They didn't ask you if you would like to be in Romper Stomper. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, more the pudding. You, you had the experience. You know, punch, yes. you punch the ball. And, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah, that would have been no doubt a joint had they not been <laughs> you. Yeah. You should have been the first think, one they cast. Yeah, I think so too. I think they thought I was very, you know, uh, um, a goody two-shoes, but I'm not, you know. <laughs> oh, no, you're sitting there drinking Kahlua and vodka on the set. <laughs> Never Hey, is it true that you, they used to Velcro the, the basket onto your head when you did the kind of walking thing around with the kids keeping? Not quite Velcro, but double-sided tape because mine just kept falling off. It was impossible. Yeah. As I <laughs> thought it would. Hey, uh, the the Mister Doobie thing, um, really interesting yes. thing. I've got to I've got to bring this up, Alina, because Doobie is is a uh, is a street expression in America I for know. a joint. I know. So, so and we were, t- we we're talking about you're you're in the eighties. So I mean, it was it was not like no one knew about in the eighties. How, how how did that kind of manifest itself with with you guys on set when you were doing all that stuff? Oh look. You, you don't want to know, but yes, <laughs> yes, there was there was all of that. We would just laugh and carry on and move on. 
yeah. So uh, it was great for the crew to have a bit of fun, a bit of extra fun, you know. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Doobie, I believe, is gathering dust and, and sort of yes, dust Yes, he's dust in a bad way yeah. there. He's, he is out the past. He's fallen on hard <laughs> times. <laughs> he has fallen on hard times, but he's living in Miss Megan's garage, which is quite comfortable Beautiful. for him uh, to see out his days. Yes, Miss Megan came after me and she was there for uh, about 18 months, I think. And uh, so Mr. Doobie was assigned to Miss Megan. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so you got doobies on set, you got alcohol on set. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. That's not sounding good. The only thing you didn't no. have on set was Brian and the Uncanny X-Men, and that would have just been I the... know. I would have loved that. Oh, I would have loved to visit. I mean, Donny Sutherland was there, of course, at Channel 7, and uh, uh, he would have lots of very interesting <laughs> visitors and on a Wednesday. Uh, but they never came to visit me. You know, I would have loved that. Uh, uh, um, uh, some singing and dancing, but oh, didn't okay. happen. No, I sometimes run into them in their makeup room, but that was about it. Oh, yeah. right. Hey, is the thing that the most people say to you because when, when this discussion about romper room came up on our podcast and we were talking about, you know, I, I can see you and we're doing the ma- our, our own version of the magic mirror, is that the one mm-hmm. thing that people keep saying? To you? I never heard you say my name. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and if I had a dollar for everyone who said that, I'd I'd be in Bermuda or somewhere. Yeah, um, yes, they do say that, and uh, and sometimes they're very common names, you know. Um, but uh, I remember a little boy came in and he said, "You never see me in the magic mirror, Miss Selena, Miss Selena." His name was Chi Ho. Well, back in the eighties, there weren't too many Chi Ho's around, you I know. Have so. But mostly the mothers would would write in and or send a picture and. Uh, they would sign it and I'd get the names from that or they would write a letter and say, please can you call me so-and-so, yeah. I'm sure Brian got it. Brian claims he never heard his own name, but I'm sure that's oh, I've never heard um, my name. It was always, I always thought it was difficult names, whining. like obscure names. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see Sheridan. I'm thinking, I, only, I know one person on the whole planet called Sheridan, but she got a well, I think I think you've just got to blame your parents. They should have sent a note. In yeah, they you. should have sent There's a note. There's a miserable little boy called Brian, could you please sing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my parents were teachers too, so they should have sent the note. Oh, no, yeah. well, I, I think perhaps that, uh, you know, they were so exhausted from teaching, they didn't have the energy. I took well. Okay, I <laughs> but, you know, I can see you because I do have my mirror just close by and I have dusted it off and right. uh, I can see both of you. Oh, I really oh. can and I, I can see that you're both very good doobies. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. My life is complete. I've finally been seen in the magic mirror. Yep. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh. I can see you, Brian. I can see you, Kevin. Oh, Beautifully and done. And I can see you, those listeners. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you listeners out there. Be, yeah. be, be careful. They could be doing anything listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Helena, it's lovely oh. to catch up with you. It's a fabulous uh, – I know you're married to, to Mike Bailey, of course, the, the very well-known weatherman over many, many years. And uh, oh, life, yes, life yes. these days is, is good? Yeah, life's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be dead to quit, as yep. they say. Yeah. Yep. And I so – the news about mm-hmm. your news about the breast cancer thing is is terrific. That uh, you've been given the all clear there. That's great. Yes, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. You know, we have these challenges in life, and uh, we uh, grab them by the throat and we keep going. And uh, it's it's it feels good. Yeah. yeah. No, terrific. Thank well you done. so much for spending some time with us. I'm glad you could see us, and I'm even more glad that you could talk to us. 
Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you, Mr. Lena. You're fantastic. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Kevin. That's the most. That's the best behaved he's ever been during an interview ever, Helena. Yeah, it is. It's terrific. He's scared of me. He was being. I just seem to have that effect. People sort of aren't scared, you know. Am I that bad? I think it's the Miss Helena thing. I think it's the whole Miss thing that you sort of almost stand up straight. And also takes people back to their childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, beautiful memories. Yeah. Bye to you both. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks, Helena. Take care. Bye. Bye. All righty. Now, we're going to play your version now, Brian. Uh, As we did after the John Lydon interview, played your version of Pretty Vacant. We're now going to play your version of Come With Us and Gallop. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) When did I record that? What What are you talking about? Why don't Um, we do the punching song? Punching, punching. I like punching. It's a terrible thing to teach little kids, isn't it? Didn't didn't you do the Didn't you do the Come With Us and Gallop thing? I I mean, my my kids did. You know, with the little sort of play horse thing. Come with us and gallop. Oh yeah, gallop and gallop. Remember that? Yeah, you'd be rumping around the room and. You know, take your clothes off and rump around the room in your little no, with your little horse. No, I don't think there was ever any any reason to take your clothes off during romper room. Really? Not that I was aware of at my house. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> it's you know everybody has views things differently. <laughs> me, me being a little pedantic there, but yeah, no, I don't believe romper room number ninety six might have been reason to take your clothes off, but uh, don't remember romper room ever being a reason uh, to take your clothes off. Fair enough. A reminder about uh, Murcots. That's murcots.edu.au. One three hundred triple five five seven six. That's the number. Get yourself right behind the wheel of your car. It is a dangerous beast that you jump into every day, very nonchalantly, you know, and to push the little button and back out the driveway and. Uh, Head off into the uh, the wild blue yonder. That is actually a, a very dangerous machine you have, and if you don't treat it properly and know what you're doing with it and uh, know how to uh, actually drive it properly, uh, you're not doing yourself any favours. So give Murcotts a buzz. One three hundred triple five five seven six. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Life of Brian Mannix Studies podcast. How could you not enjoy Johnny Rotten and Miss Elena? Oh, it's fantastic! What a great <laughs> lineup and. Um, I'm sure that we're going to have even more splendid lineups in the future. Oh, no, we'll future. quit now. We'll quit while we're ahead. That's it. Oh, okay. We're done, right we're done Brian. It. We're yeah. done. Yeah, next next time it'll be show tunes with Brian Mannix. Okay. Uh, you'll be singing songs from uh, Dean Martin. Fantastic. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, not so good. Oh, really? Oh, Sammy's a terrific talent, but he's got some really shit songs. His best song, <laughs> his best song is Candyman, and oh, that's a no. stinker. Oh, I hate Candyman. Candy, yeah, he's got oh. Frank Sinatra wouldn't let him sing anything good because he didn't want him to outshine Frank. Oh, fair enough. Uh, and we'll do some. Yeah. Uh, you, you can do some Frank Sinatra songs on the next show as well. Doobie, doobie, doobie. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's the Miss Elena reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not doing any doobies today, Brian. <laughs> no. That's, that's not on the agenda. No. Uh, uh, keep safe. Uh, look after yourself and we'll see you next time on The Life of Brian Mannix. That is uh, right here at, at your favourite podcast platform. Well said, Kevin. Well said, Kevin.